now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Helping us out uh, on today's adventure is uh, our good buddy Tom Haynes. You know, he uh, retired from AOPA and now is working more than ever <laughs> with AOPA. <laughs> and God, God knows who with who else, but uh, we're fortunate to have him along for the ride today. Tom, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, having a wonderful time. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it all just, good. yeah you're working more, or in work is not the right word, I don't think. But yeah, you're staying active, even though uh, you're kind of in retirement mode. Is that right? Yeah, totally. It's been uh, some lots of days busier than I would care to be, and I, I've heard people who retired have said this before. It's like, oh, I don't know how I, how I found time to go to work. Yeah, it's true. It really is true. I have no idea when I look at my days. It's like, when would I have possibly gone to work in the last week? Yes, you know, it's just just pretty amazing. Well, better busy than bored, as I always say. <laughs> so uh, you know, he's doing uh, doing that. Now we were talking about this a little bit last week. EAA put out their uh, notum for flying into Air Venture. In July, it looks like uh, Dennis and myself are going to be out there for this one uh, this year and looking forward to working out our plans. I, I don't think we're going to fly in an aircraft uh, to get out there. We, we, you know, it could change. Our plans could change, but we're still working out some uh, details. But you were just over there in Oshkosh, uh, not for Air Venture. For, was it another event or what was yeah. going on out there exactly? Yeah, I was there. Um, actually, it's been a couple of months ago now, but it, it was at... Uh Redbird Migration was what oh, it was. Okay. Red, Red, Redbird Flight Simulations holds a big flight school symposium every year at different locations around the country. This year it was at Oshkosh at EA headquarters in their um, uh, brand new facility they have there, which is really fantastic, with a lot of Redbird simulators in it. And I am on the board at Red, Redbird Flight Simulations, and they asked me to come out and moderate a panel about unleaded avgas. So I did that, but um, it's, it's my first time being in Oshkosh other than Oshkosh Week. And let me tell you, it is a different place for sure. Uh, the other 50 weeks a year, um, when it's not in show setup mode or show teardown mode or um, show show week, slightly so less it, uh, he- hectic, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, the air- the airport is just it is massive, and you don't realize how much concrete there is there yeah. because it's mostly covered up by airplanes and people uh, during Air Venture Week. But um, it it is a big place, and I ended up having to land on the long north south runway because of the winds, and then. I had to taxi way back uh, to the other end of the field, and it was it was uh, quite quite a different experience. Uh, well, I bet. So you would uh, put it up as a uh, a good a difference, or uh, you know, uh, <laughs> well, it was it was late March, and there was still snow on the ground. So uh-huh. let, let's okay. just leave that out, okay? Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah it, you know, they only have two seasons: uh, winter and snow, and then. Uh, hot, hot with the uh, cheese curds or so. well right. actually cheese curds are year round i think right <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably. winter and winter's coming okay uh, right okay. maybe that but uh yeah i don't know i'll wait till uh 
air venture. But the uh, Redbird uh, migration event, what, what do they do out there? Well, I mean, obviously you hosted a seminar where they showcase their latest sims and that kind of stuff and upgrades and for all their vendors across the country and around the world or what? Well, there's some of that, but it really is a, an, ed, it's an educational opportunity for flight schools. I mean, while they, they have their simulators there, particularly in this facility where they're there for training purposes year round, but, um, it's, it's really an opportunity for professional development for flight school managers and chief pilots of flight schools to come out of the bring in a lot of uh, training opportunity, training and education sort of thing. So, um, it's very good for any flight school. You don't have to be a Redbird customer uh, or user to get a lot out of this event. And it's free for flight school uh, managers and, and chief pilots and all that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a really nice event and very well executed. I bet, uh, I bet so. As a matter of fact, I saw, uh, I think it's the latest model of uh, Redbird Simulator. Well, I'm not sure if that's accurate. However, at Flight Training Professionals here at Orlando Executive, yep. uh, Ed and Keith have a Redbird uh, sim. And I, I actually did some sim work with it back in the day, as uh, Dennis knows by looking at my flight log last week. <laughs> uh, but since I've been in there, they've upgraded this thing dramatically. And now the screens on the inside of the sim literally go behind your head. So they said, yeah, you can taxi and everything, and it's way more realistic because the video screens really envelop the in, your entire you know visual system, and you can see what's happening uh, well uh, beyond the side of you or the aircraft and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of anxious to get back in there and play with that. But it looked pretty cool, and you know they had the latest upgrades and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, that only make your uh, flight sim you know activities just a little bit more uh, realistic. I would imagine. And and so the panel you did on Avgas, I mean, uh, do you have any insights on the, the latest developments uh, there as far as coming up with these alternatives? Is that what it was about or the progress or what? Yeah, it was really a kind of a progress report. We had a bunch of industry leaders on the um, in the panel, and uh, they were talking about kind of what's the state of affairs regarding unleaded fuel. You remember the industry put a stake in the ground uh year and a half ago now, about uh, by 2030 that they committed to have an unleaded fuel widely available. And there there is an unleaded fuel right now that has um, supplemental type certificates to cover most of the engines and airframes in the fleet. And um, there are a couple other ones in development. Right now they're focused on how do we get it produced in quantity and distributed to and make a distribution system for this new fuel and get it out there so that it can be available everywhere by 2030, which sounds like a long ways away, but time is ticking away very rapidly, and it's going to take um, a lot of effort to even meet that deadline. It sounds simple, but it's not. Yeah. What what are the big holdups? Just the infrastructure to get this stuff processed and uh, produced or or delivered, uh, you know, with like new pumps and things like that? No, the pumps will be the the same, but it's um, really all about the formulation of this, particularly the GAMI fuel, the one that has all the STCs at this point. But there are a couple others in development, like I said, and they all have different formulations. And so it's the refining industry kind of coming to terms with something that isn't you know 100 low lead, which we've been producing for many many decades. And so this newer the newer fuels that are 100 octane, but don't have any lead in them have very different chemical compounds and so they've got to go out and source all of these different um, chemicals blend the fuel completely differently and uh, then figure out how to distribute it 
good news is it doesn't have lead in it, so there may be more opportunities to um, ship it in similar um, trucks and tanker uh, railroad cars as a uh, automotive fuel be- before we couldn't mix them because of the lead and avgas. Uh, you can't obviously mix that in with anything that has car gas in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, there, there'll be a little more flexibility in distribution than we've had previously, but still, because it's such a specialized fuel, it does take a, a lot of special care during the distribution process because, you know, if you get some bad car gas, it's like, well, okay, uh, you pull your car over the side of the road and, you know, it, uh, you could probably get a light come on, something like that. In an airplane, much bigger deal if, if the fuel doesn't meet spec right. uh, and you end up in the air and having a problem. So it, uh, it does require some segregation from other fuels um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and the uh, the benefit will be just the no lead. There's no more efficiency with this fuel or anything like that. Or the, could that's not true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying there's as much as a, of a, what is it, up to a 10%, or no, the 10 horsepower. So it's like a 3% increase in power available, and the fuel is slightly more dense, so you get a little bit better range. Hmm. So there, there's some advantages to it there. Yeah. Right. But it's more of an infrastructure yeah. issue, uh, bringing it to market at this point. Yeah, getting it manufactured yeah. And, 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 and into the market. Yeah. yeah. And uh, cost, will it be less eventually, they think, or what well, are the projections? Well, that's a great question. I think most indications are that particularly in the beginning, it'll be probably a little bit more expensive than 100 low lead, which is, by the way, crazy ridiculous in some places. I just paid 790 Ouch. a couple of days ago up on Long Island. Um, most places aren't that bad, but regardless, um, it, it's, it, it'll be a little bit more expensive for a while, but ultimately it may end up being a little bit cheaper when we get mass production going. Well, there you go. We'll take it. And that's a good little update uh, from our buddy Tom Haynes. So we got more coming up on Just Playing Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. 
a state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I was flying. I was, of course, I was flying. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Oh, babe, I hate to go. Hate to go. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis. And from uh, AOPA, formerly, he's now retired, uh, Tom Haynes, with us to help out the crew navigate the latest aviation news and information. And that may include uh, new formulations of fuel coming down the pike here eventually that we'll deal with and hopefully save a few bucks with. But in the meantime, uh, Avgas is all over the place price-wise. I mean, uh, Dennis has become like a... I don't know, a navigational genius when it comes to getting the best fuel in Florida. Isn't that true, Dennis? Come on. Well, let's be honest. Pilots are cheap, and we will fly 100 miles to save 10 cents a gallon. But in this case, I don't even have to do that. The prices are so ridiculous. Uh, in my little neighborhood here, uh, you know, let's just set RSW as ground zero. Yeah. eight ninety nine a gallon at the international airport. Wow. I can go 10 miles either direction, or well, and if I want to go up to 30 miles, I can be under $4.87 a gallon. Unbelievable. That and is I, For a 20 difference. to 30 minute flight to go fill up, it, it definitely can make a lot of sense. So it, it pays to shop around. You know, people, when you get gas in your car, it, you know, it's a dime, maybe 25 cents max difference between fuel stations in a market. Mm-hmm. Not with aviation. It is literally all over the board. You yeah. can see the same thing um, over by Lake Okeechobee. There's three airports that all surround the lake. You've got Okeechobee County on the north side. It's running under 5 bucks a gallon. You've got uh, Air Glades, which is on the west side of the lake at just over 5 bucks a gallon, five twelve. And on the east side of the lake, closer to West Palm area, they want eight seventy nine a gallon. Wow. What, what are the, so that's down there in you know South Florida, Fort Myers area. What about you, Tom? What are you seeing fuel price-wise? We see deltas like that as well. I mean, just looking at uh, BWI uh, Baltimore, for example, you know, big airline airport, but there's a lot of G activity over there. $9 a gallon, mm. uh, 6.7 miles away at Tipton, it's $3 a gallon. So $3 a gallon wow. to go 6.7 miles away. Um, and, that, and, you know, that's six bucks, not exactly cheap, but relative to BWI. Um, but, you know, around here up in the Northeast, um, there aren't as many places to go where you can get, you know, find, you know, what I would consider reasonably priced gas, which is for something, you know, like I'm hearing Dennis talk about. Right. Uh, like that I, just, uh, I, I just drives you nuts, right? You're just like, you son of you, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what, what you're yeah. thinking or what? 
Yeah, and then you go to the busy, busy airports. Uh, you know, certainly over BWI. But uh, I was just up at um, at Republic Field in Long Island the other day, and and there they charged me a ten dollar security fee, whatever that is. <laughs> and there was a forty dollar ramp fee, which they kindly waive when I bought my nineteen gallons worth of fuel, uh, which was just enough to get me home at seven dollars and sixty cents. Mm. So. Um, and, you know, it's not only the high price of fuel at a lot of these bigger airports, but then they tack all these fees on on top of that. So right. it really makes it very expensive. And, you know, as, as we were talking earlier, it's like to a certain extent in some of these places, it's just because they don't want light GA airplanes. You know, yeah. their cost for 100 or for jet fuel is much more competitive uh, than it is for Avgas. What do you think, Dennis? Well, and even within a given airport, you can see a lot of variability there, too. Um, I've flown into Orlando Executive, and I think we've talked about this before. Depending on which side of the runway I want to park on, I can be charged $60 ramp fee. Or if I go the other side, it's no ramp fee and a free courtesy car, hmm. all at the same airport. So yeah. it really it's really a hard uh, nut to crack as a pilot to figure out where do I need to go. You know, you wind up having to call all the FBOs look at all of the comments in ForeFlight, just so much research. It's hard enough just to check notams, but now you got to yeah. see where, where your wallet's going to get broken, too. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you get surprised with those uh, extra fees the FBOs are, are ta- you know, tacking on, and it does uh, create quite a uh, problem and uh, doesn't make for a, a friendly encounter when you land and find out that you got a $40, $40 landing fee that you didn't expect, but then they go, oh, but hey, look. We're going to waive it. And, uh, you know, like, oh, well, thank you for not screwing me as bad as I thought you were going to. You know, I mean, it's, you know, I don't understand the mentality. This has been going on for many, many years. And it's uh, it's probably one of the biggest complaints they would always get at AOPA from, from members, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, I mean, it's not only the fuel prices, but it's lack of transparency of the fees. Yeah. AOPA has been hammering on that for several years now and actually has made pretty good progress on that. We haven't been successful in driving down the fees because, you know, that's a business decision that these FBOs make, but right. we, AOPA was successful in getting most of the major chains and a lot of, a lot of the independents to post their fees on our web, on AOPA's website. So at least you can go on there now and other, others like Fourth Light, some of the others have picked up on this as well and are publishing, been, getting the fees from us is that you at least now know before you go uh, you can go in and enter the weight or size of your airplane and get a good sense of what the fees are going to be at a particular location. Because before people were literally showing up and getting hit with, you know, in some cases, you know, a hundred dollar ramp fee and that sort of thing, even for a light airplane or particularly a light turbine airplane, you know, something like a vision jet, which has the wingspan of practically of a bonanza and not much weight difference either. And, you know, they, in their Cirrus would roll up in their, their SR piston airplane, they'd roll up and maybe be almost no fees, but you roll up in a vision jet, and because it burns jet fuel, uh, you might face a $100 ramp fee or something like that just hmm. because they uh, they can do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand it as far as uh, if they're putting in roadblocks to keep, you know, GA out of like international airports like RSW or MCO, and then and you kind of expect, you know, maybe a big uh, landing fee at an airport like that. Right, Dennis? Well, no, because no. I flew into MCO at Christmas time, and I had the same. I actually had less of a ramp fee 
at Signature at MCO than I did going into Orlando well, Executive. I, I I know, but I'm saying, but you would expect it potentially you, you expect at an airport it. like that as opposed to Executive or one of the other you know more GA friendly airports. And I know AOPA has been really working hard on this. That you know, with part of that transparency, but they're also trying to make some uh, accommodations for GA folks. When you go into an airport like Orlando Executive, yeah, if I need to park at the FBO at Atlantic or at Signature, or, or sorry, um, Shelter, mm-hmm. I I would expect that they should be compensated for their time, for their line guys, for the use of their facility. But if I need to go stop in Orlando Executive because I want to go have lunch with you and Ed and Keith, and I'm just parking over by the self-serve, and I don't use any of their facilities, why should I be paying them for that? Because aren't we already subsidizing that airport through the fuel taxes, through property taxes, through uh, general aviation registration? Right. And that's the message that these airport sponsors are need to get drilled into them. It's like, hey, why can't I stop at RSW and drop my kid off and have an Uber pick him up and take him to the terminal? Right. I can't because I have to go through the FBO and I have to pay... $125 ramp fee or something like that for, mm-hmm. you know, that, that just doesn't seem right. You know, once again, uh, when you're not planning on spending the money, that's the part that uh, irks you. But, you know, what model makes more money? I mean, there's a reason they do that, and it's all about the bottom line. But you see these ones that are charging less uh, for fuel and still seem to be doing well. We'll talk about that next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I say, <laughs> you, I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. I be fly, yeah, I be fly. Shouty, I be fly, yeah, I be fly. Shouty, I be fly. It take long to get this fly. If you ain't up on my level, disappear, please don't reply. Bye. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor co-pilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis, and uh, formerly or retired from AOPA, Tom Haynes with us. 
Uh, coming up, by the way, we're going to talk to uh, KT, who runs a flight uh, facility down in Kissimmee, Florida, where you can, uh, what, what, it's P-51s. Is that what it is? They get to fly. They fly these classic airplanes, and you can fly with them. She's going to join us a little uh, later on and tell us about some of the adventures that they are involved with, which Tom has actually done that program, I assume. Have you actually worked with them before, Tom, or no? Uh, well, I haven't. I haven't flown the P-51s at, uh, uh, over there, but I certainly know KT, and she's involved with not only uh, the guys there in, in uh, Kissimmee, but also with uh, folks up in Georgetown, Delaware, that have a B-25. Uh, Sweet. A, uh, Panchito, and she helps done, do some marketing and some communication stuff for them, too. So yeah. she, she gets around. She gets around, and she's a, that's not the right way to describe it possibly, but <laughs> she uh, actually dives for buried treasure or, uh, you know, for yeah, silver and gold, too. and it's it's nuts. Yeah. She has quite a life. But anyway, she's going to join us a little bit later on. Uh, getting back to the fuel prices, I, I do want to ask you, Tom, in particular, uh, have there ever been uh, any kind of study to show, like, these places, like the FBOs and airports that, you know, run cheaper gas? deals are like you know like they do taco tuesday at arcadia and 10 percent off or uh, 10 cents off uh gas per gallon it brings in people from all over and they do gangbuster business i mean do they offset the the you know the amenities that they offer with uh running regular you know fuel prices compared to you know some of the fbo's it'll be like 8.99 a gallon has there, has there ever been a study to show like hey they're really they are really uh you know uh, sticking it to us at these uh, higher price places, and they don't have to. They could actually charge a more reasonable rate and still do quite well. Or do we know? Or is that insider information that they keep close to the vest because they don't want us to know? Well, I'm sure that some of the FBO large chains they've they've got huge um, enterprise enterprise sort of business uh, software, and I'm sure that that they've done all sorts of studies. But you know, Redbird Flight Simulation, we were just talking about them in the first segment. For a while, they they started an FBO down in San Marcos, Texas, a few years ago, and they paired a flight or a flight school with it, and uh, it was a beautiful FBO, and they it ran for a, a few years. And uh, Jerry Gregoire, who founded the company, decided that he wanted to do a little experiment to see if we dramatically lowered fuel pricing, would it affect um, the number of people who are flying and how much they flew and what would what would happen to our bottom line if we tried to increase volume by decreasing pricing. Right. So he ran it. He announced it in advance, and he ran it for a period of time, and I don't remember how long it was, maybe a month, where they had really cheap fuel. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, I remember we, we talked about this on just plain radio. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, what he discovered was it, it did draw in a few people who were just wanted to get, come in and get super cheap fuel, just more for the experience, mm-hmm. but it really didn't cause a lot of local pilots to go out and fly a lot more, which was one of his goals is can I, can I impact people's flying? Right. Um, and make them fly more because people use it as excuse. Oh, I don't, I don't really fly much anymore because gas is too expensive. Mm-hmm. In this case, gas was pretty affordable and they still didn't fly. Um, <clears throat> in the end, Jerry ended up closing that FBO for a variety of reasons. Um, um, but uh, so that's one example where it didn't really pan out that lower fuel prices necessarily drove significant activity or increased flying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as Dennis said, I think earlier, there's a, a lot of these large FBOs, they don't really want light G airplanes coming in. So they really jack up the price of Avgas because. Um, you know, me coming in in a bonanza and buying, you know, maybe on in a good day, 40 or 50 gallons, 
I mean, that's, you know, that's like five seconds of them pumping fuel into a Gulf Stream or something right. where they can charge a lot more. Well, and, I, and I, I never thought I would consider someone flying a Bonanza, you know, the white trash they're trying to keep out of the neighborhood. <laughs> you haven't but, met Sam yet, have you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you did. Just kidding, Sam. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the, the places that do have inexpensive fuel, and a lot of them are municipal, where the FBO is actually owned by the municipality that owns the airport. Um, and so they've just made a decision that they want a decent amount of volume coming through the airport. But what you'll find at those locations, typically, not always, is that the FBO is, you know, it's pretty plain and basic. But for most of us, that's all we care about. You know, we don't need a big posh lobby and a lot of brats and, and um, a bunch of cookies or snacks and that sort of thing. You know, just give me a reasonably clean restroom and reasonable fuel price and maybe a place where I can uh, sit down for a few minutes. It used right. to be check weather, but now we all do that on the phone. Yeah, um, good point. But, you know, give me that. And, and I'll be, I'll be fine. I'd rather pay a lot less for fuel, but these FBO, big chain FBOs, they offer all these amenities and, you know, really nice facilities and all that sort of thing. And right. somebody's got to pay for that. So they, of course, charge a lot more. Plus the idea they don't want a lot of GA airplanes. Yeah. Don't get rid ramp. of the uh, cappuccino machine. I, I, I prefer <laughs> that. But uh, they've come down in price. They don't got to go nuts yeah. even with those. Right. So. Well, the, the price of some of these ramp fees and that sort of thing, you could just buy a cappuccino machine and carry it with you, and they just sit it up there in the lobby exactly. and, and make yourself a cup. Yeah. But then I mean, they'll charge you to use the power cord. Right. Well, and the water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of the FBOs are pretty swanky. You kind of yeah, walk through them, so. you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. They got to pay for them. Yeah. And they, they get their money. But yeah, I don't know. You, you, it's a combination of money and there is a little bit of that snobbish uh, kind of thing going on, you think, huh? That's your, your opinion, I guess. Yeah. I mean, um, they'd much rather uh, have a big turbine airplane come to their place than a piston airplane. No doubt about it. Mm. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe we can get uh, a new skin for your Mooney 201. Uh, is there any way to upgrade the Panache? On your airplane, oh, I'm Dennis? sure somebody's put a turbine on the front of it and whatnot, but I don't want to have to pay any extra. Right. So I kind of uh-huh. like the fact that as, as a piston, I can get into a lot of these and I don't have a ramp fee. Yeah. But if you come in in a turbine or even a light twin, um, there's definitely a ramp fee for those because they're expecting that that's more corporate traffic. And the corporate guys don't care and they just pay the bill. Yeah, well, that's true. And I will say, we I've never had a uh, a bad experience, even at the fancy FBOs. They're very, very friendly because they you don't know, get the bill. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> they're still going to charge you what they charge the big guys. And so they'll still uh, be quite nice to you and stuff like that. They don't act snobbish. It's just they, they maybe they use that as a deterrent to keep the, like I said, the white trash bonanza folks out of the area. <laughs> Or Mooney people. Maybe I should change it to yeah. Mooney. Mooney folk. Mooney yeah. acts. You think, Dennis? Uh, yeah, I guess I would be considered in that category. Right. All right. Uh, and, uh, Tom, what about flying lately? So you're Bonanza. Where have you been flying these days? Uh, well, I've actually been flying a, a fair amount lately. I was just, like I said, up in Long Island the other day doing a, a photo shoot with the, some of the AOPA staff, helping them out. Um, I did some personal trips le- recently, went up to northwestern Pennsylvania, where I grew up, actually landed back at the airport where I learned to fly back in the 70s. Nice. And uh, went up there for a, one of my wife's family visits. You know, that's the great thing about GA airplanes, having access to a GA airplane is being able to do personal trips like that. And in this case, it's a more than five hour drive up there and it's about an hour and 20 minutes in the airplane. And the airport's only maybe 15 minutes or less from my mother-in-law's house, for example. And so, um, 
it's just really nice having access to an airplane. This was a really great day of flying. There was lots of rain around, according to the radar. It looked uh, like it was going to be a little bit challenging from a, from a weather standpoint. But as it turned out, the bases were super high. They were like eight ten thousand feet, and the visibility underneath was fine. And what appeared to be moderate rain, of course, over a lot of the route, uh, was in fact light rain. And so it was turned out to be a very enjoyable, smooth flight and a great use of a GA airplane. So um, every once in a while you get one of those flights that it's like, ah, you know, this is this is why we, we have airplanes. There you go. You save more time for the fun stuff. And then yeah. when you're, uh, you know, taking part in the journey, you're enjoying that uh, equally as well. That's a good, uh, good way to be. All right. Flying in a P-51. Who wants to do it? Raise your hand. Look at all those hands. I'm in. We'll tell you how to do it next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, Law Captain Dennis. And from uh, AOPA, formerly, he's now retired, Tom Haynes with us, helping us out uh, today. We are now joined, however, by uh, KT, who works at uh, Stallion51.com, where you can actually fly uh, P-51 bomber jets and things. It's nuts. It's in Kissimmee, Florida, right down the street uh, from us. And uh, KT, welcome to Just Plane Radio. How you doing? Well, thank you very much for having us here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they do all kinds of crazy stuff down there. That's where uh, Dr. Bush is located down there at the Kissimmee Airport right next to KT. She works with them uh, quite a bit yes. as well. And it actually just came in right from the flight line as we speak, right? Flying those uh, planes around uh, well, actually, uh, just south yes, of Orlando. We're up, uh, here in Pax River. Uh, yeah. Sid is, is uh, teaching... Uh, B-25 to test pilots up here at uh, the Navy Test Pilot School in Pax River with the oh. B-25 yeah. on All right. Yeah, Tom Haynes was telling me that about that during the commercial break. That That is, uh, that is a much bigger aircraft. Am I right? I don't know my planes yes. that well, uh, KT. Well, so. it's a twin-engine twin yeah. medium bomber from World War II, famous because of the Doolittle Raid. That was the uh, counterattack to the bombing of Pearl Harbor when Jimmy Doolittle and Steen B-25s took off the deck of the Hornet in April of 1942 to bomb Tokyo, to to strike back after we had been attacked and all of those those planes made a huge impact on the course of the war so the bomber the b-25 was used for that as well as it was used in every uh, theater of war in world war ii the pacific the atlantic the mediterranean and it was a versatile and fast and uh well equipped matter of fact up to 13 50, uh, 50 caliber guns could be on board wow 
Okay, and Tom, have you done that in all your uh, years with AOPA? Haven't you hit KT up for a free ride in one of these machines before, or what? Uh, well, I sure have. Uh, Larry Kelly owns owns the airplane, owns the museum uh, that that owns the airplane, and um, I've flown with with that crew a number of times in Panchito, and I, I got the second in command type rating that KT was talking about a number of years ago, and I've flown with them a couple times since then. And I got to tell you, well, I I love flying the airplane. It's it's a challenging airplane to fly, is it? Uh, but super fun. Um, but it. I, Larry offered me a ride in the back one time. I was with my daughter, just happened to be over at Salisbury during when their airport open house, Salisbury, Maryland, where the, nearby where they keep the airplane. And he let me, they had an empty seat, empty seat so he, he allowed my, me and my daughter to just ride in the back. And that was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, it's just an amazing experience to be at the Waste Gunner um, doors and, you know, looking outside and seeing it and imagining what it must have been like for those guys flying over, um, you know, all over the world, all over Europe and um, and uh, Africa and over the Pacific and, and that sort of thing during the war. Can't imagine what it must have been like for them. But um, it's wonderful that, um, you know, the museums like that and the P-51, so the Stallion 51 and they're preserving these airplanes and keeping them flying and allowing people to hear what they sounded like and actually ride in them and experience them to keep history alive. No doubt. And KT, I got to ask, I mean, he was parasitic drag from what I got from his uh, little statement there. And that's where I would probably come into play, too. <laughs> I mean, how hard is it to learn how to fly these uh, type of aircraft, uh, especially well, for a modern day, you know, private pilot? Well, they have their challenges, mm -hmm. uh, that's for sure. Uh, they were from a time period when people were flying tail draggers, were flying planes that demanded more of your uh, aviation skills, uh, learning how to be, a, I guess, a true pilot in some cases. So certainly a tra tail dragger teaches you that. Uh, the B-25 got a lot of horsepower, and uh, it's a big a big bomber. The P-51 Mustang has uh, got 1,400 horsepower and very fast and a challenging fighter. Uh, Stallion 51 in Kissimmee uh, offers both orientation flights and checkout training yeah. for people who want to own a P-51. Where else are you going to learn how to fly a 3 to $5 million airplane? Right. And the Holds true for uh, Larry Kelly and the Delaware Aviation Museum Foundation in Georgetown, Delaware, also offers the opportunity to, uh, like an orientation flight like Tom and his family had uh, the one time that he talked about, as well as checkout training for second-in-command and uh, pilot-in-command courses that uh, he offers several times a year. Uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really take your hand and feet in the case of these old planes you really need to know what to do with your feet on those rudder pedals in order to really experience the sights and sounds and smells of these great planes from history i have no doubt dennis that's on your list isn't it oh it's absolutely on my list in fact my son has got it on his bucket list since before he even soloed uh, we had the the pleasure of meeting lee lauterbach at uh, sun and fun one year and he got to sit in the cockpit and now that now that he's flying learjets he still wants to fly that mustang i bet he does uh, a perfect segue absolutely uh there's nothing quite like it uh people talk about it forever i often say when someone gives a gift certificate for one of these flights whether it's the mustang or the t6 or the bomber uh, it's a, a gift that they'll never forget, and they'll never forget who gave it to them either. 
And that's really true because uh, that smile stays on forever, that experience. I'm sure Tom can tell you the same thing. It's it's a full-body experience. Did, did, he, did she just say that smell stays on you forever? I think she meant smile. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, but the smell of uh, oil. There and... is a unique smell yeah, to these planes. There it's, is. It's uh, old smell from from years gone by, and it's it's unique as well as that wonderful avgas smell. Yeah, why not? Why not? What, yeah. what do you need to know as far as like you know uh, your skill level? If you're going to actually do the P fifty one, I mean, uh, do you have a have to have a certain rating to even be considered? You know, to, to do a training session in one of those or to fly them with one of you guys or what? Well, with Stallion fifty one, you have a couple options. You can do an orientation flight. It is. A- actual instruction where we do an hour pre-flight and ground school so we tailor the flight to your experience your expectations mm-hmm. uh, and so it's the flight you want to do you don't have to have a pilot's license it could be uh, something that you've always wanted to do but we will be teaching you and everything you say and do during that flight is recorded uh, and you get to keep that recording to share with your friends now nice. that's the end level yeah. and then we have checkout training we have uh, front uh, rear front uh, transition training or we have recurrent training but you can start out by not having any experience at all and uh, and have the opportunity to take the controls of a p51 mustang well that sounds like the category i'd fall into so uh- I'm in. I love the idea of this. It sounds really exciting. How did you even get into doing this kind of stuff? Well, Sid and I came up to Kissimmee, Florida about 25 years ago to work with a fellow named Tom Riley. Tom and Susie Riley had the vintage aircraft facility and the Flying Tiger Warbird Museum in Kissimmee, Florida. And Tom gave both Sid and I lots of opportunity to uh, learn about how to restore the planes, fly them, and meet some of the most amazing people from history. Paul Tibbetts, Bob Hoover, and Bob Morgan, the nameless and famous of uh, World War II. So it's Tom Riley that uh, gave us our start in Warbird. So you just uh, met the right people at the wrong time or right time, depending on your perspective, and they sucked you in. Next thing you know, now you're sharing uh, your adventures with the world, right? We've been very, very lucky between uh, some of the other uh, occupations we've had and this. We've been very fortunate to uh, be taken under the wing, all pun intended, uh, by some great people. Well, no doubt. She's paying it forward. Stallion51.com. Check it out. I think, uh, you know, it's on every pilot's bucket list. Good stuff. KT, thanks for the update. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. I hope to see you at an air show uh, close to you. We'll make it happen. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. To fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far across the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 